Thank you so much. That was just a tremendous blessing. And we, and we praise God and thank God for an opportunity to, uh, to see the most wonderful love story ever told. And uh, I know that many of you, like me, are probably going to spend some time uh, this holiday season watching uh, one or two Hallmark Christmas love stories, right? My, I admit it, my wife and I, we watch a few of those. And they're going to tell a love story. But there's no love story like the one that was told today. And I just want to remind us of that and us to just spend a little bit of time and think about that love story. Uh, Because one of the things that we are mindful of during this season is that God truly loves the world. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but would have eternal everlasting life. So God thought it not of offense not a loss, to send his only son for the very reason of hope, peace, love, and joy to come into the world. And he did that in the form of, when we look at that word manger, we think about a water trough. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, was placed in a water trough. His humble beginnings upon this earth. And so I just want to take a few moments just to remind us of, of that special kind of love that Jesus Christ displayed for each and every one of us. Maybe you've never heard truly what it's all about. Maybe you've heard the Christmas story and you know that he was born of a manger and there was three wise men and there was a star that they followed. But maybe you didn't hear all the whys and the what fors. So I just want to share a little bit of first, not first John, but John, the first chapter, verse 29. As we look at the apostle John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was considered the bridge from the Old Testament to the New Testament to herald, to tell the people that God hadn't forgotten about you, that he's sending a Messiah, he's sending a Savior. They had read it in the Old Testament. They had seen that there was, the Messiah was coming to deliver his people. And then John as he was baptizing others with water, he looked at a distance and he saw this man coming. And this man that was coming towards him was Jesus. And here's what the scriptures say in John, the first chapter, verse 29. The next day, John see of Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Let me pray with us for a moment. Father God, I just ask that you speak to our hearts today, that we would truly understand what you did for us by sending Jesus Christ to be your lamb and to take away our sins. Speak to our hearts this day in the mighty name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. As I think about that phrase, behold the Lamb of God, one thing that comes to mind is that my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary as well this past week, and we went to San Antonio, and I took her to a concert by Andrew Peterson called Behold the Lamb, and he sung the song about the Lamb. And as he sung the song, it reminded me of the Old Testament, how the lamb was what was used as one of the burnt offerings that they would take before the altar daily to sacrifice to God. As an honor to God, but also uh, thanking God for holding back sin, holding back destruction, and holding back death, was, which was deserved because of sin. And now it wasn't God's doing. God didn't bring sin upon us. The Bible says that he spoke to Adam and Eve and he said, at the moment you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. 
And so at the moment that they disobeyed God and rejected God, death fell on them and it fell on all of mankind. In other words, all of mankind was now under a death sentence. We were condemned by our own sin. And so God looking at this and knowing that his people, the people that he loved were destroyed, was broken, was dead men walking. He sent Jesus Christ to be the Lamb of God. And just think about that Lamb. See, what we see in the reflection of the Bible in Genesis, this 22nd chapter, is God asked Abraham to go and offer up his son. And so Abraham took Isaac, just as they would take lambs, and put him on the altar. And the angel came and said, stop, Abraham. Truly see that you honor God, that you love God more than any." else. See, that lamb represented a sacrifice. And so Abraham was willing to sacrifice all that he had for his love for God. And now we see this scripture, behold the lamb of God, that God in his immeasurable love for each and every one of us was willing to sacrifice all that he had. Make his son the lamb to take away our sins. See, I'm reminded also in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I hope the kids reminded you of that today, that all of us have sinned. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. We're all deserving of death. See, so often we walk in this world and we wonder why, what it's all about. We have this void inside of us, and it seems like the things that we want to do, we don't do that. And the things that we don't want to do, it seems like that's what we keep doing. There's this raging going on within this body because this body is a body of sin. And so we're looking for deliverance. We're looking for peace. We're looking for hope. And then I'm reminded of Romans 5, 8. It says, for God commended his love towards us. And yet, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He became that lamb who knew no sin, who was without blemish, who was innocent. That's what a lamb represents. Young, innocent, spotless. And God was willing to put him on that altar and sacrifice his only begotten son. And so he told the people of this in the book of Isaiah. He mentioned them of the coming of the Lord. So they would have hope, so they would have something to hold on to. And so we see that in Isaiah 53, verse 4 through 7. It says this, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own ways. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, one of the things that they used to do in the Old Testament when they would go before the altar and they would have that lamb or that ram as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice to the Lord, they would take their hand and they would place it on the head of that sacrifice. And then they would take their own head and they would place their head on their hand. And they would say, I accept this as the substitute for my sins. I accept this sacrifice as the substitute for my sins. See, God did that for each and every one of us. He accepted Christ as the substitute for your sins. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He didn't say stop. 
He didn't say it's too much. He didn't say, I don't deserve to die. But he was willing to die for you. He was willing to die for me so that we would have that peace that passes all understanding. But so often, if we're not careful, we can just allow this society or this world to fill us with all kind of disbelief. We can look at things in, in this world and we say, how could God allow this to happen? See, the reality of it is, is that God loves all of us. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's willing to wade through the mess of life so that we wouldn't lose eternal life, so that we would have hope eternal, not just in this life, not just for this moment, but it would be an eternal hope for each and every one of us. And so he says there's no little sin or big sin. It's all sin that causes death. So being of, of, of no partiality for any person, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to send my son to die. But the Bible also reminds us that, that death comes upon all of us. That there's a moment coming just like that little girl that we will all take our last breath. When the clock will run out on this world. When the time will stop and we'll see God face to face. And he sent us this gift, not to condemn us, but that we would be saved through him. And so if we look back at John 3.16, it speaks to that wonderful, loving story. It reminds us of God's immeasurable love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you look at verse 18, it tells us that the world has already been condemned. The world is already heading for destruction. And God wanted to save us from that. But here's what I love about God also is that he doesn't force himself on anyone. That we each have an opportunity to choose. And I will tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it with all my heart. That God wants to bring peace to this world. And the reason and the way he wants to bring peace to this world is that he's not going to force everybody to be peaceful. He's going to separate those that are living in peace and those that are not. And that separation starts and ends with the blood of Jesus Christ. That his blood covers and forgives all sin. And the only way that we enter into his peace is through Christ doesn't matter whatever the world has told you, no matter what the intellectuals have told you, peace starts with Christ. So I'm going to ask you, where are you? Are you absolutely sure? See, what happens is little children can receive this message real easy, that God loves them, that he wants them to be a part of their family, that he doesn't want anyone to die, that he wants us all to spend eternity with him. And the only way we do that is simply just accepting the gift that he has for us, the gift of Jesus Christ. Believing that he is Lord and that he rose from the dead on that third day. See, it sounds simple, but so often when we get a little bit older, we can complicate that thing. And we can say, how can it be that simple? All I have to do is accept Christ. Yes, because God knew that we could not do it for ourselves. We couldn't rescue ourselves. We were in need of a rescuer. We could never pay the heavy price that sin requires for ourselves. We needed a Savior. So how about you? Are you there? Or are you still holding back, mistrusting, not hoping? That each time God tries to get closer to you, you take a step back. Each time he tries to speak to you and let you know that, hey, there's a day coming for all of us, you say, not now. And by those little bit of steps, you just continue to reject him. 
continue to reject his hope, his peace, his love, his joy for you. When all he wants to do is to draw you to him, love on you, forgive you of all your sins, and to take you to heaven when you die. That's all I have. The children have shared so much of his tremendous love story. Ask yourself, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? Are you sure? You would be, with, be in heaven with God?